from FingerLakes1.com, welcome to another Sunday Conversation. I'm Josh Durso. This week, I caught up with Karen Springmeyer. She's the executive director of Finger Lakes Works. The local workforce is in a very, very difficult spot right now. There are jobs, hundreds in fact, many of which pay a good living wage, but employers are having trouble filling those positions. Today we discuss that. We also talk about the loss of Hillside as one of Seneca County's largest employers. And we talk about the future of the workforce in rural communities, like many of those here in the Finger Lakes. It's interesting, and you'll want to stick around for that conversation, which is coming up right after this quick break. Stay tuned. Thanks for making this podcast a part of your week. If you enjoy it, consider becoming a Patreon supporter. Membership begins at $5 per month and ensures that local journalism can grow. Don't worry, you'll never see a paywall on FingerLakes1.com. There won't be any of those intrusive pop-up ads either. Just news, sports, and weather delivered 24-7 to your smartphone, tablet, and desktop computer. Learn more by visiting Patreon.com slash F01. Karen, thanks so much for coming in. Before we get into any of the specifics, give us the quick overview of, of what sort of the elevator pitch is to what you guys do on a daily basis. Well, I think we look at ourselves as the um, leader in workforce solutions in the Finger Lakes. We talk with businesses, we talk with job seekers, we come up with programs and solutions to meet their needs. Mm-hmm. Most of our funding comes from the federal government. so. So sometimes we're limited in what we can do, but we do reach out to other funding sources to support our programs. So obviously, uh, one of the bigger reasons why you're here, uh, one of the things that led to us connecting was actually um, the announced closure of uh, Hillside, mm-hmm. uh, a family of agencies here uh, in Seneca County and Romulus. Um, I want to get your perspective on that. But then I also want to sort of get inside of what the process looks like when you guys hear about something like that. When sure. when you find out that an employer of 100 plus is going to walk. Um, so first things first, what what was sort of the, the mindset you guys had uh, when you got the news that they were uh, pulling out? Like any company, we're disappointed to be losing 235 jobs in Seneca County. Um, so what we do is we we reach out to whoever we can, the HR director, the, the manager, the owner of the company. So we did that with Hillside Corporate, and um, we have connected with them, and we have some services planned as far as interviewing and job fairs. And, and to that end, um, the process probably looks pretty similar whenever big or small uh, you see an employer go or get word that they might want to go. Um, is there anything that you guys, is there sort of, you have the checklist that you run through uh, when something like that pops that you say, okay, we have to do this, this, and this now. We'll reevaluate things in a week and come back to it when we have X, Y, and Z back in front of us. And I guess it varies, Josh, depending on the company. I've been in this business a very long time and I've seen, a, unfortunately, seen a lot of plant closings, but right now the economy is good overall, so that's that's a good thing. But it depends on the needs of the company. Uh, one company had um, shift work, and we were there at 6 o'clock in the morning and 6 o'clock at night and midnight. So whatever the company needs, we're there. But the most important thing is to reach out to the company so that we can then reach out to the employees to offer services to them before they're laid off. And what do the needs look like in terms of what you guys are hearing um, from from employees and employers about what they're sort of looking for in the Finger Lakes right now? 
is what employers and employees are looking for. Um, right now, employers are looking for everyone. Um, you know, in our region, advanced manufacturing, healthcare, we know tourism is a big industry. Um, I just drove by some companies on 5 and 20. They have help wanted signs out there. So there is definitely um, employment out there for those that are interested. Just getting back to the hillside situation, uh, we have employers calling us saying we want to hire people from hillside. So that's mm -hmm. a good thing. Um, 47 of those folks have already accepted jobs somewhere else within hillside, but we've got employers knocking at our door for those employees. So, so I, I'm pretty positive that all those affected by the closing will get employment somewhere here in the Finger Lakes unless they choose to leave, which we hope not. Is that one of the uh, is that one of the things you think might get lost a little bit when a headline pops? When we see a headline pop up that says, oh, this business is closing, it's going away. Um, do, do you think it kind of gets lost on people that a lot of these folks will find work right here in the Finger Lakes, right here in a lot of the communities that they're already calling home and life will, will go on for them and maybe in a better way in some way, shape or form? I think so. Just given the economy and the employment opportunities in the Finger Lakes, I think that does get lost, which is why we want to be in there first, mm -hmm. to get in there and talk to those employees before they become despondent so that they can understand what their benefits are and what employment opportunities are here right in the region. I mean, it, it might not be five minutes away from home, but within you know a 30-minute radius, there are some great employment opportunities. And, and for scope, I... I want to talk for a minute about um, just how many employers are looking for people. Um, workforce development, a lot of people probably are thinking to themselves, well, you're trying to enhance the workforce, you're trying to make the workforce better. But what we hear from a lot of employers is, I have all these openings, sometimes dozens of openings, and we don't have anybody to fill them. Um, talk to us a little bit about that part of it, because that, that has to be a little, I, I would guess, a little frustrating at times. <laughs> Certainly. Um, we have our five Finger Lakes Works Career Centers, where those that are unemployed or looking at changing careers can come in and get services. So we work with those folks to provide them the skills that they need to meet those jobs that the employers um, are in demand. We provide interviewing techniques, uh, resume workshops, um, personal skills for success, which is, you know, the soft skills that we talk about, which a lot of employers are looking for. We provide training opportunities to those folks coming through our career center. So I, I refer to it as like we like to prepare the product for the employers, for those that are coming through our career centers. But on the flip side, for those employers that are looking, it, it's difficult. Um, we try to work with the school districts. We work very closely with the 26 school districts in our four county area to help prepare the pipeline mm -hmm. because we've got to get to the young people so they know what jobs are available. It's not all about a four-year degree. Mm -hmm. You can have a great uh, job with more than a high school diploma and less than a four-year degree. Mm -hmm. Healthcare, advanced manufacturing, there's a lot of jobs out there. And it's interesting, you mentioned the career centers. It kind of sounds like combined with uh, the desire to reach students and young people, it sounds more like outreach. sounds like you're kind of trying to do the, the work of the employer to create some outreach and advocacy uh, to get people in the door to work. Um, but one of the really blunt questions that we kept seeing on social media leading up to this was, are there enough workers? Are there, like, legitimately, are there enough workers to fill all of the vacancies and all the needs of these employers throughout the region who seem to have been struggling for at least the last few years um, with getting their staffs 
to that full full level? Well, the optimist side of me is going to say yes. Right. But the pessimist side of me says we have to create that pipeline. Right. We've got to talk to those young people about these careers. I think we've lost a whole generation of folks in advanced manufacturing because no one wanted to send their child to work in a dirty manufacturing floor, right? But th that time's over. Um, look at ITT Goulds. They've always got signs out there. So I think if we can really work with the students and the young people in school to understand the career opportunities right here in the Finger Lakes, that that might not be such a crisis. But that's that's not a pre you know that's not the present. And in the present, we have to look at those folks who are unemployed and give them the skills, give them the tools they need to meet those jobs that are in demand. Does and we've had a lot of we've had a lot of conversations in this studio about education and how it how it has to evolve. Um, is that part of the equation? Do you think in terms of not just what you guys are doing, but what's happening? Um, outside of your control, does the education piece of this, the K through 12, have to evolve a little bit to get more uh, in line with what the region needs and what employers ultimately need? Yes, and they are. Uh, again, earlier I referred to the fact that I've been in this business a long time, so I've seen a great change with the education system. We have three events, uh, three hands-on career events for high school students in grades 9 through 12, and they're awesome, and most of the schools participate. And our major one is um, right here in Seneca Falls at the Lot Farm called Finger Lakes Works With Their Hands, yeah. and it's hands-on career fair in advanced manufacturing and skilled trades. And we have about 800 students every year come out and experience that. And you know, anecdotally, I know students have gone into those careers because of that. Number-wise, it's hard to follow students when they're in school. Yeah. But that's a great opportunity to expose the students to those careers. And the teachers come. And two years ago, all the superintendents came. So I think we are making progress. Our other two events are in healthcare, and that's at the Finger Lakes Community College in Hopewell. And we have an agricultural career day. Mm -hmm. This is a three-site tour. We go to the um, Cornell Agritech, formerly known as the New York State Experiment Station. Mm -hmm. We go to a dairy farm, and we go to the uh, FLCC Viticulture Center. And the students get to experience hands-on activities. And we just had that, and we had about 250 students. And when you see the interest across different districts, um, it, does it give you hope that we'll see more of this sort of cross-boundary collaboration that seems to be when it happens working really well. So like you guys work across county balance and you're working with different county agencies and local municipal entities. Um, but that's not something we've always seen. That's a relatively new uh, occurrence in the last five to 10 years. Um, is that another piece that gives you some optimism about uh, where we're going, where the Finger Lakes is going? Yes, I think I think a lot of optimism. I think that we have to work together. We have to collaborate to meet the needs of the employers and the job seekers in our region. Because mm -hmm. if we don't, it's, we're not going to be successful. I, th I think people understand that you know the boundaries of the counties are no more that you can walk over the boundary from Seneca to Ontario and right. work or Ontario yeah. to Monroe even yeah. because in the nine county area there's a lot of employment opportunities so yes I see hope so one of the one of the bullet points one of the items that uh, as we were researching and prepping for this was that we kept seeing was uh, identifying gaps in service is something that you guys uh, do throughout the throughout your service area curious when you look at the Finger Lakes now versus what it was 10 years ago, and you look ahead to the next 10 years, um, where are the gaps or what are the holes that need to be filled or are in the process of being filled now? 
So we'll go back to the educational gap. I think we're in the process of filling that, and I think we're making great progress. Um, I think the school superintendents, by attending Finger Lakes Works with their hands, understand that those are great jobs. We work with the guidance counselors very closely. Uh, we take the guidance counselors and students on tours of companies so that they know what's going on. So I think we've made great progress there. I think the gaps continue to be um, training programs that are developed to meet the needs of the employers. Through the Finger Lakes Community College, we've developed two programs, um, an advanced machinist train, advanced manufacturing machinist training, and it's actually held on-site at GW Lisk in Clifton, and one at ITT Gould. So one's in the fall and one's in the spring. So that collaboration you didn't see years ago. And another collaboration I think is so important is working with economic development. Mm -hmm. um, 40 years ago, economic development was bricks and mortar. Right. It's no longer. It's all about workforce. And I can say that in my four counties, we work very closely with the economic developers. Actually, some of our uh, business services reps go on site with the economic developers to meet with businesses. Mm -hmm. And as soon as an economic developer um, knows what a business needs and it's workforce related, they call us and we're there. Now, obviously, a uh, lot of focus on uh, filling the pipeline, so to speak, young people. Um, how do you guys approach, uh, say, that the, the age range that doesn't fit into that, that category, maybe that 45 to 55 or that sort of uh, falling into their second career or what would be a second career? Um, how do you approach that age group, that demographic? Um, obviously, there's a lot of folks who have been displaced over the years mm -hmm. from jobs of prior generation and coming into this more modern um, manufacturing world. How do you approach those uh, those folks and sort of bring them in and also get them ready for, for what could be a very lucrative uh, endeavor on their side? Second career, for sure. Well, we have, we have one workshop called uh, Job Search Over 50, which is you know geared just for folks who have been in a career forever and now are displaced or have retired early and mm -hmm. want a second career. So those tools are a little bit different than we, when we talk to young people. Uh, but also we can offer skill training. They can go on and take some short-term training, a couple courses to help them advance their skills. And it, it really is difficult sometimes for folks to get over the fact that they think employers aren't going to hire them because they're over 50. They can't mm -hmm. do that. Right. Um, so we do work with them and you know if you look at the generations in the workforce right now there's a lot there's mm -hmm. four maybe five generations from the generation Z that we talk about now that are in their early 20s to the baby boomers mm -hmm. so within the workforce um, employers have to realize that you've got people of all different generations working together and you have to make sometimes some consideration of that really 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 competitive uh, work environment right now across the board it seems like employers are battling with each other for for what uh, workforce does exist um, how much of that do you guys have to take into consideration when when you're you're working in the community and you're talking to some of these employers who maybe they've lost some employees because they aren't quite as competitive in compensation or in some other way uh, to the people that they're competing with or for the employees that they're competing for? I think sometimes they realize it themselves yeah. because you've got some companies that, great, that offer great tuition assistance programs, good benefits, extra vacation for the night shifts, 
that those are the things that those employers who are losing their employees to these other employers have to realize. I mean, we do talk to them about it, but mm -hmm. employees will jump from one employer to another for a dollar. Right. And if the benefits are better. So, you know, it's something we have to be tactful about, but I do think employers realize it themselves. Mm -hmm. and, and it's funny you, you, you say that because uh, one of the, the headlines that we've seen a lot over the last year or two, especially nationally, is this, this sort of uh, ghosting that happens where the, the, the employee just sort of falls off the map and the employer has no idea where they went, but odds are they probably went to a better opportunity. Um, and some people think that's an erosion of the workforce. Like that is that shows less character of the workforce that exists. Right. So I'm curious when you hear a narrative like that, how do you respond to it? Or, or especially when you're ta maybe talking to an employer who is saying, you know, these lazy kids, they just don't want to work. What? Well, how do you sort of walk uh, an employer through that situation, or a hiring manager even, uh, to to get them to a place where they're amicable and, and understanding about the realities of the of the workforce that is here right now. I think it gets back to the generational characteristics. It really does. And that employer has to understand that. But also no one's in the same career for 40 years anymore. Right. So people are changing careers, you know, I used to say five to seven years. They're changing two to three years now. So employers have to realize that too, and maybe not just careers, but employers. Um, it, you know, the, these last two um, generations of employees are a lot different than the baby boomers and the traditionalists. So I think that that's really important. And I think sometimes when you see change within a company, um, change in the HR person, change in supervisors, they understand some of those things and that they work on them. Mm -hmm. and, and so loyalty is one of those words that we hear thrown around a lot. Does that mean that there is less loyalty in the workforce or with employers? Or, or how, is that, how is that word loyalty um, integrated into this conversation in your mind? I think loyalty equals respect. And also for, um, for the millennials and the Generation X, it means um, benefits and flexible as well as a flexible work schedule um, the generation x and the millennials and i talk a lot about those because we deal with those in our office um, have different values than we baby boomers who are workaholics um, you know so they want that flexible schedule they want those benefits they want that extra vacation so employers have to deal with some of those things in order to have their employees remain loyal and it also gets into benefits um, you know, what are you offering? I mean, health insurance is very expensive. So what are we offering to employees? I mentioned earlier, you can get a great job post high school in less than a four year degree, but I firmly believe in lifelong learning. So if the employers are offering some kind of reimbursement, even if it's 50% mm -hmm. for people improving themselves in an, from an educational perspective, that's a great benefit too. Is that one of those things, uh, and you know, I've talked to a lot of hiring managers and, and employers off the record, and I've been told more than once, I don't want them going back to school. They'll, their, their schedule will be reduced, they won't be able to work as much, and then, God forbid, they're going to leave and they're going to find another job. Um, is that a concern that you hear from time to time, or do you think that's pretty well uh, tamped down now and people understand the, the real value in getting your employees into that situation where they're growing 
throughout their time with you. I haven't heard that that much from employers. I mean, it might come from the temporary staffing agencies because they want to keep people. And we work very closely with the temporary staffing agencies. But I personally don't hear a lot of that. So the workforce is obviously evolving. We're seeing more remote workers, mm -hmm. remote employees. Um, some estimates, I think, have even pushed as high as, you know, maybe 10 years from 10, 15 years from now, 40 to 50% of the workforce will be remote. Um, what does that mean for the Finger Lakes and, and what kind of impact will that have um, on the Finger Lakes if numbers like that come to fruition in another decade or so? I haven't really given that a lot of thought, Josh. Um, you know, they have the places like in downtown Geneva where you have folks that are working working yep. remote can go work there. I think that we'll see a lot more development of those type of um, right. business parks maybe right. because because uh, you're seeing the, the remote workforce. But I haven't really given that a lot of thought as what impact it will have because by then I'll be out of the workforce. So, <laughs> Right. So obviously um, unemployment numbers are low. Correct. Um, what are some of the things as somebody who, who lives this on a daily basis other than, you know, unemployment, what are some of the things that you're looking at as indicators to determine the health of not just, say, the state uh, or, or some of the, the broader regional economics of what's going on, but sort of these local local economies where you go into Geneva and it's very different than you going into Dundee or very different than going into Seneca Falls. Um, how do you sort of weigh uh, how a local economy is doing for uh, the workforce and for workforce development? I think transportation is probably the number one thing to think about. Um, we don't have a transportation system between the four counties. We've got transportation systems in Ontario, Seneca, and Wayne, but none in Yates. Right. Um, so I think that a public transportation system that would go throughout the four counties and allow somebody from Dundee to come up and work at Del Lago would be awesome. Mm -hmm. because that would help the economy of Dundee if that person's gainfully employed. So I think transportation's um, a good indicator of, of an economy. Um, I think childcare helps out with, um, with the employees. We always have a need for certified childcare providers and childcare centers if we want our folks to be working um, three shifts. You know, there's very little 12 to 8, you know, 12 midnight to 8 a.m. Um, child care provision, unless it's a family member. So I think, you know, we have, as, a, as an economy, no matter where you are, you have to think about what impacts the worker. What can we do better for our employees, for our residents, to make them successful? Mm -hmm. and, and when we hear some of the stories about folks working two or three jobs, sort of piecing together um, a livelihood, uh, working in workforce development i'm curious what you what you make of that part of it obviously with a vibrant service industry in the finger lakes it's easy to pick up a second part-time job that's fine um, but what we tend to see is sometimes happening is you have people working two or three part-time jobs to compensate for a, a full-time job it doesn't seem to jive with the fact that so many employers are looking for employees mm -hmm. it, how do how does that how does that balance out or how is that happening i guess would be is that a result of not really having the the training fully implemented or not having access to the training for those folks at this point yeah that's what we call income patching um, i think it's an awareness i think it's an awareness for those folks that there are opportunities out there 
if they use the career centers and take advantage of some of the training, which could be difficult if you're trying to work and earn an income, right? Mm -hmm. So I think, again, it, it's up to us to find those folks and make them aware of the careers. Like in the retail business, many people work two or three jobs mm -hmm. to, to meet that full income. Some folks choose to also right, right, for, right. for personal situations. So I think it's that awareness. Again, when I talked about the pipeline, making the schools aware, I think we need to reach out to those folks as well. So obviously lots of headlines over the last uh, two to three to four weeks about population loss here in the state. Obviously nothing new. We've been seeing this year after year after year. You I'm sure have been as well. What? Uh, does it worry you? Does it impact the way you guys do your jobs on a day-to-day -day basis? Or do you just full steam ahead with what you know has to be done? And that means finding more employees for uh, employers to, to fill their, their staffs. It does worry me because we did a state of the workforce report last April. And of our four counties, only one of the counties had population growth. The other three were we're in decline. So yes, it does worry me from a professional and a personal um, perspective because I have family I'd like to get back here. So I think that, yeah, that is something that employers are worried about. We've started some outreach um, for uh, veterans in Watertown going to Fort Drum as they're going through their transition. We're up there, some employers are up there in healthcare and advanced manufacturing trying to recruit folks here to the Finger Lakes. So that's one one unique way that we're trying to address that. Um, and I think bringing our young people back and letting them know what's available here is really important. I think a lot of times young people just want to get away and get away from home for a while. But as they get married and raise families, I think that coming back to the Finger Lakes is a great place to live. And they're you know, letting them know that there are jobs out there. Mm -hmm. Now, when you're talking to, to somebody who might be considering a move into the Finger Lakes, obviously doesn't pertain completely to what you do, but I'm wondering, what's your pitch to uh, the folks who might be considering a, a life in the Finger Lakes, especially when they, maybe they're hearing not so great things about the economy and, and you know the state implications of, of how hard it is to do business here in the Finger Lakes. Um, what's your pitch for those folks who maybe are interested? We have four seasons. So if they don't like snow, they're not going to come here. But we do have four seasons. We have beautiful lakes. Um, we have a lot of cultural things in the four counties, as well as in Monroe County. You know, we're an hour equidistant from Rochester and Syracuse. So there's airports available. Our school districts are very good. Um, so, you know, again, quality of life is really important. Um, you know, you don't have to be on a highway for an hour. You can drive 10 minutes and get to a good job. Um, Housing is available in some areas. I mean, that is an issue. Yeah. That is definitely an issue. Um, so we have to address that. And um, so just trying to get them back here and enjoy the quality of life that we have in the Finger Lakes. Housing and transportation in a decade. Think we're going to be in a better place with those Finger Lakes so. in general? Hope so. I hope so. We, besides housing for people coming back here, we need senior housing also. So, you know, if we're providing more senior housing for those folks leaving their homes, we're going to have houses available for those co folks coming here. So I think that transition is really important. Um, what was you said? Transportation also? Transportation is a second. They're the two issues that we see people debate and talk about all the time is they need to be fixed. They're really, they're, they're not easy to fix. Right. We've worked with the Genesee Regional Transportation Authority to discuss mm -hmm. this and we 
they know it's an issue and they're working with us. So I think that's a good thing that wasn't happening five years ago. Um, their enterprise um, rental also offers a service for folks who want to get together and they'll offer an, one person, one or two people to drive and then they can all go to the same employer. So mm -hmm. there are some different things out there, but you know, my goal would to would be to have you know transport public transportation in the four counties so you could go anywhere within an hour. How much outside the box thinking is really going to be necessary if these rural parts of the Finger Lakes are going to elevate to where Rochester, Syracuse, Buffalo, your urban centers are, just in terms of services and availability of amenities? Um, how much elevation is going to have to happen in the coming years to? level the playing field and really make some of these communities that are awesome in the Finger Lakes uh, a destination to live and, and make a life. Mm -hmm. Well, I think some of the things going on with the Regional Economic Development Council for the downtown initiatives are very important. Mm -hmm. uh, Geneva has received funding, Penyan has received funding, and I know there are other villages in the region applying for yeah. funding. So I think that that's a positive thing is making our downtowns revitalized again right I think um, I think the the leaders in those communities a small village or a county they have to understand what it takes to to make people come back to be a vibrant community because if you don't you're not going to so I, I think our government officials whether you're you know elected town board member or the village mayor they have to realize that is that sometimes hard um, is that sometimes harder to pitch than it is to explain uh, to some of the folks who are working in, in or who are elected and are sort of living, they're hearing the complaints, um, but they aren't always able to put together the, the best plans because they don't have all the expertise that folks like you bring to the table. Is that sort of a tough one to pitch just because of how complicated some of the solutions are that we're talking about? It's complicated to pitch. But if you can get the right people around the table and you're willing to open that table to folks, I think we can start working on some solutions. I don't know if you're familiar with Geneva 2020, which is an initiative um, with the Geneva School District, Hobart and William Smith College, Finger Lakes Community College. We're working. We're working around the table with all the partners to have our students uh, more graduate or better graduation rates increase literacy rates and better college and career readiness so we brought people to the table so if you're willing to bring people to the table and talk about the problems and be honest i think we can come up with some solutions is it going to happen overnight no and before i let you go i do want to ask if somebody is curious about opportunities that exist want to learn more about what you guys are doing um, What's the best way to find you and what's the best way to sort of get in and get to that list and find out what's going on? Our website, fingerlakesworks.com, and it lists all the services we have available and it lists our five uh, Finger Lakes Works career centers, which are located throughout the four counties. That's the place to go. And my number's on there also so they can give me a call. Mm -hmm. Karen Springmeyer, appreciate the time. Thank you for coming in. Uh, really great chat. Thank you, Josh. Appreciate it. Thanks for making this podcast a part of your week. If you enjoy it, consider becoming a Patreon supporter. Membership begins at $5 per month and ensures that local journalism can grow. Don't worry, you'll never see a paywall on FingerLakes1.com. There won't be any of those intrusive pop-up ads either. Just news, sports, and weather delivered 24-7 to your smartphone, tablet, and desktop computer. Learn more by visiting Patreon.com.